0: Uh, We are getting better in at least some ways, I guess you could say. Oh, let's see. Jiang Zemin, dead, 96, has passed away at 96. Will Hu Jintao get the same sort of discussion? Delta reading pretty much all day. Cold, cold, cold and windy, making working out outside a little bit more difficult. Knock on the door, who is it? Blame the big bad business for all those positive test results, res, results. Results and awesome soy sauce strikes again. Folks, it is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022, last day of November. I'm Steven Sierski. Hope you folks are doing well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, so the big news. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's really big news, but Jiang Zemin has passed away at the age of 96. He was not at the uh, Congress uh, back at the beginning of. October, when uh, Mr. Xi Jinping got reelected for the third time, after changing the Constitution to get that done, of course. But uh, he uh, has, uh, he who uh, Jiang Zemin was one of the past uh, chairmans of the CCP, and he was uh, president of military, uh, like the, the military guy, so president and everything. So he was uh, sort of a big deal, I guess you could say um, did he pr- proceed, succeed, um, uh, Deng Xiaoping, I can't remember, I'm trying to look for the, uh, um, the thing here, the, uh, expat focus, was that who published it, uh, oh my goodness, nope, I can't find it, I, you know, I just had this article here, and I, now I can't find it, anyway, well, so Jiang Zemin has passed away, uh, and he was, uh, one of the big wigs here in, uh, the, uh, in, in China, uh, he's not the one. So okay, so if it was a Jiang Zemin, nineteen ninety three to two thousand three. Then Hu Jintao took over. No, there's another guy. Uh, so Deng Xiaoping was nineteen seventy nine. Jiang Zemin was somewhere uh, after Deng Xiaoping. Uh, then someone. Uh, who? Not was it Hu Jintao? Yeah, was that what it was? And then uh, so Jiang Zemin took power in the nineties. Hu Jintao was the uh, the 2000s, and Xi Jinping has been in since 2012. My uh, histories might not be entirely correct here, so uh, don't take my word for it. But uh, uh, anyway, 96 years old, uh, pretty... Um, that's a long time, I guess, right? Isn't it to be uh, kicking around and doing stuff around the world? Pretty good. Uh, but uh, So uh, sorry to hear that he has passed. I don't think he was... He hasn't been doing very well for the last little while. Um, suffering from, uh, here it is, former Chinese leader Jiang Zemin dies, age 96. That's Beijing, is the, uh, uh, the organization that published it. He was, okay, uh, let's see, he served as general secretary of the CPC from 1989 to 2002, chairman of the centurion, uh, president of the PRC from 1993 to 2003. So I was right. And then after that, it was Hu Jintao, who ruled, and Hu Jintao was the guy who was unceremoniously walked into the Congress uh, back in the beginning of October. Anyway, so now we've cleared that up. Um moving on <laughs> delta reading most the uh, most of the day uh this morning was actually ooh, it was cold it hit. okay so yesterday you remember how i was talking about how it, it was it was cold <laughs> minus eight and it was going to be minus eight till seven o'clock this morning well it wasn't actually minus eight i checked the actual weather network and uh it was like more like minus seven sixteen, seventeen 16 17 with the wind chill and i was very skeptical that the amount of clothing that i currently have uh, for my athletic ventures was enough to keep me warm outside. Now I think it actually could because I did get the afternoon workout in but this morning I opted for an indoors workout and revisited some of the stuff that I was doing uh, when the pandemic first broke out. So I I was still doing I guess you would call it high intensity interval training uh, doing like one minute on 15 seconds off and I did three rounds of that and then I did also, uh, a slow couple of, uh, a slow 20 minutes, 25 minutes of uh, lifting some kettlebells as, as well. So basically inverting the uh, workouts that I have typically on Wednesday. In the afternoon at three o'clock, it was only minus two or something like that. So I put on basically all my <laughs> athletic gear. long <laughs> johns, pants, um, one, two, three, four layers up top. And that was while running, it was almost too much. But when I did the skipping balls workout that I normally do, it proved good, uh, proved well and good to have worn that because um, the area that I was working out in was quite windy and you could, I could feel like the heat getting sapped away from me as I worked out. I did warm up again, uh, like so there was a transition there from the running, uh, I did 3 miles, 5k, 3 miles, uh, and then the skipping balls workout, there was about a 5-6 to six minute transition there where I wasn't moving as much, and that seemed to cool me down quite a bit, uh, which is not what I wanted, I wanted to keep on going, but during the skipping balls workout, I warmed up quite a bit, uh, and uh, was able to, you know, I wasn't so affected by the wind, so this was, it was a decent workout, because what I actually ended up doing was 3 miles first, miles, so 5 kilometers thereabouts, in about 30 minutes. Did the uh, skipping balls workout, and then I ran another mile after that. Because I I was walking to cool down and everything. You know, it was cool down the muscles. I'm like, you know, I could probably run another mile. So I did. Uh, Skipping balls, I modified this. Uh, Last week I was talking about how, um, you know, I could shorten some of the the work. Because uh, it's, I don't know, running three miles first is a lot of cardio before doing a medicine ball workout. I understand that. Uh, and then the medicine balls and skipping is a lot of cardio again. So it's more, this is more of like an endurance workout than anything else, um, more than a strength workout. Uh, so what I did today is I cut in half the number of sets that I do. So before I used to do 12 sets, three rounds. Today, I did six sets, four rounds, one minute each, 15 second rests in between, Uh, and then one minute in between each round. So uh, that would mean I would do one one set of skipping, uh, one set of uh, medicine ball, one set skipping, one set medicine ball, one set skipping, one set medicine ball, one minute rest, and then repeat that three times. Of course, using, uh, and also what I was able to do because of this um, method, I was also to go a lot harder Uh, rather than going through a 12 round slog, I was only going through a six round uh, bout, basically, uh, or six sets. So it was, um, I was able to keep my heart rate up a lot, uh, a lot more, to tell you the truth. And one of the things I was doing to modify the workout, or to actually better pace the workout. So the first set of skipping is kind of gentle. The second set, I do sort of like uh sprints like uh so it's like I'm sprinting while skipping not forward of course but in running in one spot but skipping um uh, and and then uh, but sprinting then the third round I do the double unders so and those are quite difficult and if you miss and you whack your toes boy does that hurt especially in the cold oh it just it ooh it stings i mean it stings when it's not cold but it stings even more when it is cold Owie. And then the fourth set of skipping uh, was sort of not as hard as well, uh, which was nice to tell you the truth. It's it's a good mm, good way to uh, sort of wind down. Uh, overall, I was able to keep my um, heart rate in the so-called extreme zone between 174 and probably about 180, I think, was maybe 190 I topped out at for about nine minutes total, which is not normal. Uh, like, I don't normally get this because with this, the skipping balls workout, since it is more of an, it was, it used to be more of an endurance slog compared to like the, the sprint that I'm doing now. Um, it's become, it's a lot easier to go harder, faster, longer, stronger for six rounds than it is for, um, trying to do that for 12 rounds overall. So that's uh that was a bit of an improvement there as well. So that was a good to see and then yes i did run another mile afterwards just because i'm like oh you know it's it's not that cold outside i feel warm i may as well go for a nice little jog around the yard once more time just in case uh so yeah delta reading other than that um most of the day i was supposed to work but um Apparently that dried up, and so I wasn't really given much anything, of anything. So I had lots of time. Uh, no problem with this actually, because again I have one more week until this Delta exam on next Wednesday. So it's Delta. It's Wednesday, seventh uh, December seventh, and I just got the like the entrance letter. So I got a, an entrance email. So I got to bring this email with me, uh, or whatever, to the uh, the venue. And uh, present it. And, oh, I gotta wear a mask during the whole thing too. Like, Bloody hell, are you kidding me? Come on. Negative NAT test uh, 24 hours before. Green Health Co. from Beijing as well. Um, and I gotta be there at 8.30 in the morning. And the first paper is written between 9 and 10.30. We get a half hour break, but we're not allowed to check our cell phones. Like, what else do you do during a break? The market's open at that time. And then from 10.30 to 12.00. Is the second paper and then after that it's over. So uh, I've been told you better be practicing how to write with your hand quite a bit because uh, it's a paper-based test and if you're not used to writing with your hand that much then it might hurt and you might start getting cramps. Very good point. Um, I will probably practice that this, um, this weekend because I'm gonna try to do another practice test which seems late but I've opted to do more of the background reading and essential reading than working directly on the tests. Because what's happened is that every time I approach one of these questions, uh, particularly uh, on paper two, where you have to analyze a course book or uh, a test that's given to a, a language learner, a student, or co- like start comparing and contrasting different methodologies and theories of language learning, I find that I, I just, I, I don't know. So. I've been focusing a lot more on the methodologies as of late, reading a lot about them. Uh, today, what I was reading, I was reading, uh, oh goodness, I can't remember the title. <laughs> uh, the Practical English Language Teacher or something? The Practice oh, the practice of English Language Teaching. And who was it by? Uh, is this Larson Freeman? Can't remember. No, Jeremy, Jeremy Harmer. I think that's what it was, who it was. Oh, goodness. I should have written that down. Oh, well. Anyway, so something like that. The Practice of English Language Teaching, uh, which is not an essential reading for the course, but it's it's recommended. And what I found that this book actually um, reviews a lot of the terminology and a lot of the concepts within like the first... I just read the first 50 pages today. And it reviews a lot of the stuff. So, I mean, if you have done a lot of the other reading already... You're going to read this stuff and go, okay, yeah, I mean, I know all this, which is good because it sort of helps it sit in your mind a little bit more. Uh, And then with that, I'm hoping like within the first 100, 150 pages, I'll be able to get through in the next couple of days uh, that uh, just to give myself a refresher of all the different um, concepts and over uh, terminology and different uh, approaches to teaching the English language so this this book is a good overview, at least the first couple of chapters are and then it also talks a lot about uh, methodologies Now, why am I reading this one is because one of the i think it was a two thousand and sixteen exam report issued by Cambridge recommended r- either reading this one or learner or, or learner English, not learner English the one by Scrivener, How to teach English or something like that It was uh, uh Jim Scrivener. He This book is given to CELTA candidates all the time. It seems like a godsend when you get it. You're like, oh my goodness, it answers so many questions. Well, this other book is, isn't as practical as Scrivener's book, but it does go into a lot more of the theories behind um, teaching languages, teaching ESL, uh, and especially all the different methodologies that are available to you, and a lot more terminology that you would have to use at the Delta level rather than at the... Uh, the CELTA level. So all that being said, it's uh, it good that I was able to spend some time doing that reading. And tomorrow I will try to do the same. I work in the afternoon, but not in the morning. So that'll give me some good time to uh, uh, invest in reading. <laughs> Basically, that's it. Um, knock on the door. Who is it? Is it the package that I ordered? No. Two hazmat. saying I got to jab my nose on my own for the next three days, scan a QR code, and make sure that uh, I wear a mask when I go outside. Okay, (laughs) so the, I guess what's happened here, um, I'm not sure if this is related actually, because there was a news report today uh, that was finally, that finally hit the, I want to sneeze again, maybe it's where I'm sitting. Maybe it's the plants that I have around me that makes me want to sneeze, because I'm recording this sort of where I record my podcasts and This is the second day in a row where I'm like, very sniffly. Maybe it's the plant. It could be the plants are giving off something. Oh, could be. It's not mice. I know that. China doesn't really have mice. It has lots of cockroaches, though. Uh, But anyway, so um, I don't know if it is uh, the same, but, or related, but today there was a news article that was, um, that explained or talked about how uh some of the the all of the positive or uh, one of the reasons for the propagation of the positive cases and for the extension of the pandemic measures is because they're finding a lot of these positive cases and one reason seems to be is that there is a person who has a, a, i think it's a lady who ha who owns a, a series of companies nucleic acid testing companies These health companies that are doing all the tests. And it's just so strange that wherever there's an outbreak, her company is doing tests. Strange, isn't it? Well, so now she's being pillory. Now, this is, I kind of go, I don't know if it was her. I think the government said, find the virus. So what did she do? She found the virus. (laughs) And she just kept on testing people until... Now, it wasn't her, it was, I mean, she owned the companies, right? So she was uh, employing the people, all the hazmat suits and everything uh, that uh, were in the uh, involved in uh, getting the tests done. And it was just one of these things where you kind of go, uh, let's see, avoid long-term, that was yesterday, latest scare. Yeah, again, I don't know who published this. I probably should have written this down again, but uh, oh well. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's kind of funny that, they're now blaming big bad business for the for the extension of the COVID uh, or the epidemic measures. Of course, it's these capitalists, these people who want to make money. Um, and look at this: two days ago, g- growth of newly confirmed cases in Beijing slowed down. Magic after U.S. Um, Thanksgiving has ended. Um, yeah, so not not too bad. Anyway, so that news article broke today where uh, this company. Is involved with all this NAT testing, and it seems to keep on finding virus cases. Well, today I get this knock on the door from uh, these two ladies who hand me three nasal swabs and say you have to test yourself in the next three days today, tomorrow, and Friday. And then after when, when you're done, you do you drop this Q-tip into a, uh, this solution that they have, and whatever and you put this on a stick or whatever, it's like a pregnancy test. So. It looks very similar to that, to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, the, uh, actually, no, sorry, it's a Q-tip, it's a little vial, and there's a little cup that they give you that you have to wait. And I'm so looking at the pictures, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll just follow the pictures, and hopefully it won't screw up. Um, but for the next three days, and they said, you you, should, you have to do this, and uh, it, I think this is replacing that they didn't want massive line- lineups of people outside. It was, It's getting cold. Maybe the hazmat suits don't want to sit out there either. Or maybe it's because of this uh, company that was finding all these positive cases or something. Oh, it would be funny if all of a sudden all the tests came back negative in the compound. Like everything. And I was just like, oh, look at that. Magic. When people do the tests on their own, it's negative. But when you get a private company to do all the tests, hmm, there's positive cases. Strange. Oh, these money-making scoundrels how dare they right how dare they they found the virus that they were asked to find uh anyway enough of that uh but so the this uh, testing is going to take place for the next three days uh now what's going to happen after good question a couple towers are still blocked off in my compound but uh i am not and i asked them am i still able to go outside and they're like yep yeah, no problem just remember to wear a mask and i like, yeah, because those have been working for the last three years. Awesome soy sauce strikes again. So uh, this thing has been a godsend, I'll tell you. I mean, um, I can't remember the uh, the uh, the brand name, but it's a famous brand name. And it's this type of just a, a soy sauce. That's it. That you put in with the food and it sort of adds more of a, a salty flavor to things. But I'll tell you, it has changed the way... That I'm making vegetables i' I'm, I'm cooking vegetables a lot more now because of this soy sauce I used to just eat raw vegetables um, but uh, I've now I've gotten kind of tired of that also I was thinking you know what am i cooking some of this stuff like especially like things like um, um, uh, sweet potatoes uh, carrots uh, today I had to cook up some pumpkin because I had bought it last week and I saw that it had some spots on it already so I had to uh, uh, start using it but I cooked this all up now uh, today what, what I do Pumpkin, onion, garlic, green pepper, uh, like the the spicy one, the, the hot one. Butter, carrots. Um, what else did I... Well, one carrot, half a carrot because I had to get rid of it. And then what else did I put in there? I think that was it. And all that, fried that up. I don't know how long I met, put it on. Uh, what? I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or something like that. Um, but It was a while because you got to wait for the, uh, the pumpkin to get soft and everything. Uh, and then that way it gives... You know, it's not so hard to eat uh, but then also when you dump the so- soy sauce on I just kind of dump all the stuff in together right there's no magic formula or anything for this like everything goes in the pot I think the only thing I put in first is the butter and the garlic and onions so that they can cook but if you dice those like if you chop those up really fine you don't have to wait for them to cook as much so you can actually just dump everything in there Oh, and mushrooms, that's what else I put in there. You might wonder like, why are you putting all this stuff together? I had to get rid of the mushrooms, had to start using the pumpkin. Um, there was a last little bit of butter that I wanted to use up as well. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, put this all in the pot. It, it's kind of like a stir fry, but uh, I was told that it's not a stir fry. I'm like, that's fine. It's a bunch of vegetables cooked together. No problem, whatever. And with this very tasty soy sauce that has uh, changed the way that I cook my sides. And on the, uh, in addition, this was all in addition to uh, uh, some chicken as well for uh, the post-workout meal. All right. Well, hope you got something from that. Uh, thanks for listening. I pre- appreciate it. Uh, show notes and tracks up on my website, Um Did not get episode number 35 up just yet, but um, if I have some time tomorrow or Friday, certainly look for that. Again, folks, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.